0: what's up everybody welcome back to another pit mailbag here on the post gazette sports now youtube channel he is chris carter i am noah hiles chris four weeks into the season three straight losses for pit panthers fall to one and three after getting blown out at home 41 to 24 by number 17 north carolina they're number 15 now in the poll but uh they were 17 on saturday when that game was played um i don't know i mean it's it's certainly bad. I do think that pit looked better last week than it has in past weeks. But overall, Carter, I mean, as we just, you know, open things up with just a little small talk here, it's it's just not good in any facet right now for Pitt.
1: It's not. And uh, I think even if Pitt played play, play like a great game, uh, on Saturday, I, I think Drake may with the way that he was playing would have found a way to outdo them the the North Carolina definitely called off the dogs late in that game that could have gotten a lot worse than it than it was. Um, but none of that would have mattered if Pitt would have handled its business and beaten Cincinnati and beaten West Virginia, two teams that they were very capable of beating in those matchups. And then we'd be sitting here instead of one and three pit would be three and one. We, they might still, they, they might be ranked at this point. I don't know, but either way you wouldn't be, they wouldn't be hanging their heads. There wouldn't be as much talk about things. And now there's a lot of questions because not only are the, are the, are the records is the record a bad situation, but now they've lost Matt Gonsalves for the season. That's a huge blow to the offensive line. He was the all, offense's only preseason, all ACC guy. um And, Now there's a lot of questions. The quarterback situation will fill Jacobic play. If he doesn't, is Christian Veyer ready? We got a lot of those questions coming up, but man, they are a buzzing.
0: Yeah, we got a lot of questions coming up. Before we get into them, we need to talk about our show's presenting sponsor, which is Mike's Beer Bar. Whether you're in town for a Steelers-Pirates pit game, uh, Mike's Beer Bar is right across the street from PNC Park and has the best selection of beer in town, as well as amazing food options. They have over 20 TVs. And you can catch all of your NFL, college football, pirates, penguins, riverhounds, and Premier League action right at Mike's. Come on in and try one of their 500 different available beers, 300 of them being local craft beers, as well as their 80 different local craft beers available on tap. You can also get a flight to try out every option you can dream of. And trust me, you won't run out of favorites because I never do and I'm always there. Try their steak on a stone for an awesome meal and one you can choose How hot the steak gets cooked with a heated stone right in front of you as you enjoy a night out in Pittsburgh. That's Mike's Beer Bar. you got to come on down to Mike's Beer Bar and get your sports fix and experience the best bar in Pittsburgh. Not a bad place for some Pitt fans to go, you know, and maybe handle some sorrows after a couple (laughs) of tough weekends for Pitt. um, But we'll get into the questions now. We'll start off with with Mike. Don't think this is uh, our buddy Mike from Mike's Beer Bar, but it could have been. Who knows? Mike wants to know, would Pitt be better off just playing Christian Veyer or Nate Yarnell for the rest of the season in hopes that you can find a quarterback to depend on for next year? That's an interesting take. Obviously, uh, before I let Carter answer this one first, I just want to apply some context here. We talked to Pat and doozy Monday. He said that he doesn't know who's going to be playing quarterback for his team Saturday against Virginia Tech. I don't know if I believe him when he says that, Uh, But nonetheless, I still think that this is a debate that you can have, even if uh, Phil Dracovic's healthy, simply because of the state of where this team is at right now. Basically, is it it time to punt and start preparing for next season, Carter?
1: I, I don't think so just yet. I think we, Phil Jakovic took some positive steps. He came out ready to fight in this game, and if that's not North Carolina, if Pitt has that, like if Pitt has that kind of start this up this next week against Virginia Tech, they might win the football game. If they have that start against West Virginia, they do win the football game. Yeah. And I, I think you you take that progress there. But I do understand Mike's question in that it won't matter if Phil figures it out by like game six or seven because then by that time if Pitt's one in six or whatever, then the season's been lost anyways. You need to find your next quarterback, and I hear that. Um, but I think right now, if Phil Dracovic's healthy, you you set him out there. You, you see if you could beat Virginia Tech. If you do, you see where you go from there and, and roll with the season. But I, I do think that they are they are very close to the point where you know you kind of give your salute to service for for Phil Dracovic and what he's tried to do this season, and you need to start preparing for the future if they if they lose this game, and then I think they got Louisville after that. Um, if they, if they drop this game, I, I don't think that there's much chance of them getting a bowl, we'll, we'll talk about that later as well. I just, I think Phil deserves another chance with what he, what he was able to put together. And the other thing is deserves, wouldn't have anything to have much to do with it. If Christian Bayer looked good when he came in the second half, but man, he did not.
0: No. Um, I think this answer is pretty simple. You play your best quarterback. That, yes. That's just how it is. This, this is not about, this is not a franchise you know, like in professional sports where tanking has benefits, you need to win as much as possible in college yep. sports. It just is what it is. There's no first-round draft pick <clears throat> excuse me, to tamper for. And, and if anything, the more you lose, the more it hurts your future in college sports because you'll probably get more decommitments. So you need to play the quarterback who's going to win you the most games. You need to play the quarterback who can get your skilled players the ball so they remain a believer in your program. So guys like Gavin Bartholomew and Rodney Hammond Jr. and Kenny Johnson, who are able to transfer out, don't leave. You want to show that this is a team that's gonna keep fighting even when things aren't going its way. So, and if that means Christian Vayer or Nate Yarnell playing is the best way for this team to win games, then do it. You know, let's say that Phil isn't going to be healthy for the rest of the year, or he'll be at 50%, but his 50% play isn't better than what Yarnell or Bayer can do, then yes, you have to play one of those two. But if, if everyone's healthy, I think right now we learned that Dracovic is the best quarterback on this roster. That's just the reality of the situation. It's a hard reality for some people to swallow, um, but there's a reason why this guy was the starter in spring ball, in fall camp, and no one really came close to challenging him for a job. There's a reason why they gave him so much leeway when he played poorly against Cincinnati and West Virginia. It's because they knew what was behind him is simply not ready to come in and give their team the best chance possible to win a football game. So you got to stick with Phil Dracovic if he's healthy, I think, because you need to win. You don't want to stall your program's progress, and you don't want to chase away talented guys who might leave if, you feel, if they start to feel like you're not trying to win now. Because unlike in pro sports, where you have some guys locked up in deals for three, four, five more years, these guys can leave. A lot of them can leave whenever the hell they want. And you don't want to have that happen. You just don't. So I think the answer there is you play the best quarterback you possibly can. And that should be the case for every year for every team. Houston Pitt fan wants to know what would you say the quarterback for next season is currently on the roster or do they look to the transfer portal again next season for their starter? Carter, I'll let you start with this one as well.
1: That's a good question because frankly, I don't think we've seen enough from any of the quarterbacks uh, to determine that just yet. Um, You know, if Keaton's if you had told me if you had asked me that question this time last year, I would have thought that maybe Keaton Slovis would take would come back for another season and Pat Narduzzi would have tried it because Pat Narduzzi has been a creature of habit for most of his for most of his tenure. At Pitt, he he goes with the guys that, that that he knows, uh, but then bringing in Phil Jakovic that boot that, that that booted out Keaton Slovis pretty quickly. Um, I, based off of that move, I'd have to think if Pitt saw someone they loved in the transfer portal, they might do it. But I'm not so sure. There's a guy out there right now that has a connection to your current offensive coordinator the way that they did with Frank Signetti, and I think that played a lot into the decision to make sure they went and got Phil Jakovic last year. I think that they'll look at Vayer if he st- if he sticks around. Uh, you know, he can't I, I leave. won.
0: He's already yeah. transferred once. Well, okay, not, yeah. but
1: you know we, we've we've seen we've seen crazy crazy things happen, uh, in college sports. But point being, if if Veyer is 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 still is still in the consideration, you still got Nate Yarnell, Ty and Bakulov have had had a, had, a, had a season with you. What do you add to that room? That's a big question that that Pitt ha- has to even answer. I I think it is one of the guys on this roster, system because I I have a hard time seeing them successfully going out and get a transfer quarterback who will come in and be that guy for a third straight year in a row.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you, Carter. Um, And I think that that's the plan with bringing in a guy like they They wanted to bring in a guy who could help them now and the future. I think that that was their objective last year in the transfer portal was we want to find our quarterback for the next three seasons. And that's the plan with, Bringing in Vayer, I think their mentality was it's either going to be him or it's going to be Arnell. So I don't know a scenario really where you find a better option that wants to come into pit, unless if, you know, a great NIL opportunity is offered or if a change is made at offensive coordinator, which I think could very well happen at the end of this year. That's nothing I've heard just based off of the tra- trajectory of how things have gone and how they're going. Maybe there's a change in the guy running the offense and the person you bring in brings someone with them and that person competes for a starting spot. Or maybe you look at a guy like Kenny Menchie who's at Notre Dame right now, former verbal commit to Pittsburgh. uh, But Notre Dame just signed or got a huge verbal commitment from another Mm -hmm. high school quarterback. Mm -hmm. And maybe he comes back. You know, there, there's a lot of things that can play out, but I think as far as who will start the season next year, I think it's probably going to just end up being, vayer or yarnell simply because they want some familiarity with the team and maybe even if it's a different system just having a guy who has been throwing passes to the receivers and knows the offensive linemen and it's not just another turnover uh you know a retread or whatever you want to call it um that's that's not what you want in a program i think and uh they really want to develop a guy so, yeah, I would have to say that I think next year's starter is on the roster right now, So based off of how things are currently. That could all change, obviously, based on how a multitude of factors unfold in the next couple of months. Really like this question. This is from Josh. With Pat and okay. connected to Michigan State and Heather Light connected to Ohio State, how likely is it that both are still in pittsburgh at the start of the next college athletic season carter you can start again here
1: i'll say this i think it's a lot more likely pat narduzzi is here but i also think both of them could very well be here heather like has done Almost everything you could do as an athletic director, she got basketball some success. Football is at the best state it's been uh, in quite some time. You've got serious contenders in volleyball, soccer. Uh, you know, you you've you've the state of athletics is so much higher than when she inherited it, and I, I think that you've seen some real progress. She can use that to vault herself to an Ohio State if, if she if she really wants to. And I wouldn't put that I wouldn't put that against her. I wouldn't put it against them any of them to making career decisions. Um, but I truthfully. I think that's more doable because of her success, but I wonder with Michigan State's situation, there's a few factors that play into Pat Narduzzi and you know and him reuniting with Michigan State. A, will Michigan State want? to will he want to go to Michigan State and have to rebuild with all the problems that 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 they that are inherited with what Mel Mel Tucker's leaving behind in that situation and leave the situation that Pat Narduzzi has set up for himself at Pitt where he has his coaches, he has his program, he has the pace of play that he that he wants for that to try and rebuild something at Michigan State after the fallout of what's what's coming with the with the investigations and all the things that are coming with Mel Tucker, and on top of that, will Michigan State want Pat Narduzzi because that's a big program and. They might want to go get a guy that's going to quickly build back up the Spartans with 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 heavy recruiting a- efforts and you know a guy that that can that can be kind of that face that saves the program. Pat Narduzzi, I think would be a good face to come in and represent like hey, we're going to do things the right way because I think that's one thing that he represents for Pitt. I don't know if that if that's enough for a program like Michigan State that wants to get up there and be able to bang with Ohio State, Michigan and Penn State.
0: I'll put it at uh I'll say this. I think the odds of Heather being at Pitt next year are like 40% yes, 60% no. I think the odds that Pitt or Narduzzi will be at Pitt next year are 60% yes, 40% no. Mm. And I know that 40% seems pretty high to a lot of people. That might be jarring. So I guess combined, it's a 50 50 thing for me. And here's why Heather, like, is simple. She's one of the best athletic directors in the country. There aren't a lot of jobs that are going to take her away from Ohio State, or from Pitt, excuse me, but Ohio State is one of them. She's familiar with Ohio State. Ohio State can probably pay her more money than Pitt can, and it's just a better job. So if Ohio State wants Heather-like, I'm assuming they're probably going to get Heather-like. Unless, if some things keep Heather-like here, if she builds a good relationship with Uh, chancellor Joan Gable if they're able to open up that pocketbook and sign her to a really maybe even like a record-breaking deal um and considering what they've paid her so far I don't think that that's really out of the question and Pitt's typically paid coaches well and paid administrators well when it's called for so I I think that they could probably find a way to to pony up some money to get Heather at least happy in a financial state but overall i mean if ohio state really wants heather like i think it's going to be a hard thing for her to turn down now for narduzzi the situation's a little different because i think that they're i don't know if pat is the best option as far as every candidate that's out there um goes because right now that's the number one job that's open in college football and i'm sure other places are gonna open as the season continues to unfold you know you might see something happen and At Texas A&M or wherever else, Um, but personally, I've been told uh, by a source that there is a little bit of interest on Narduzzi's end. Now, Mm. how much interest is that? I don't know. I basically heard that he would listen a little bit. So, what does that mean? I I don't know. Um, And and I think he should listen. At least that's that's what every coach should do to an opportunity like that. Now, let's look at the positives. Of Michigan State, there is definitely a more secure future coaching for a Big Ten team than there is a team in the ACC right now. That's just the undeniable truth. There's another positive in the fact that Pat Narduzzi does not like change. He is very familiar with the program in East Lansing. He won't have to learn any new neighborhoods. He That's won't true. have to to learn any new facilities and everything like that. And you know, with that familiarity comes trust. He could probably bring a lot of his staff with him there. If he were given that opportunity, now if you're Michigan State, why do you offer that opportunity to Patton Arduozzi, especially after what looks to be one of his worst seasons at Pitt? As at least that's how it's looking like it's going to play out right now. Well, here's a couple of reasons. Like you said, uh, Carter, things are going to be a mess right now in, in Michigan State. You can assume a lot of those guys are probably going to transfer out at the end of the mm-hmm. season. You can assume that maybe I don't I don't know if they're going to be facing sanctions, but as teams in that conference continue to get better you look at you know Ohio State's always going to be a juggernaut Penn State's continuing to get better and better Michigan um, and others Wisconsin I think is going to take a big step forward with Fickle Um, they're going to be up against it but you're going to bring in a guy like Narduzzi who is an established program builder there was not a lot of stability at Pitt before he came here and look at the foundation that he created I think that that's worth noting. I think that being familiar there means something to them as well. They know exactly who they're getting in Pat Narduzzi. They know what kind of football he's going to coach. They know his recruitment pitch. They know that he knows what areas to go recruit there. So there's some value in that. And I just think what you'll, you also said, Carter, is very valuable. Pitt football does typically not have a lot of guys getting in trouble off the field. There is not a lot of nonsense I think that's something they
1: might like that they and that is
0: that that is incredibly valuable for the Michigan State Athletic Department right now. After everything that that is they've been through, Um, they want a guy who is not going to contribute to the problem. And if that means you know maybe being a consistent eight nine win team as opposed to you know bringing a guy like Urban Meyer or someone, if I doubt he would ever take that job, but you know Urban could probably get you ten or eleven wins, but it might bring more problems with it. So, I think that yeah, there there are a lot of things that make sense for Narduzzi like it makes sense for Heather like. Now, like I said, likes probably the best applicant in the country for an athletic director job. I don't know if Pat fits that bill for a big time coaching hire, but that familiarity means something, who he is means something, and if you're Pat Narduzzi, you need to look around at Pitt and say Can I achieve what I hope to achieve here, or would I be able to achieve it more likely at Michigan State? This guy wants to win national championships. You're going to have probably more resources to do so in East Lansing compared to Pittsburgh. That's my thought here. I'm not trying to say that, again, I'm not trying to say that this guy's out the door. I just don't think it's a foregone conclusion that, A, he's not going to be offered the job and B that he would want to stick with Pitt if he was offered the job. Oh no,
1: I, I agree with that. Then yeah. it's not a foregone conclusion. I th- like I, like there are dots to connect in that yeah. direction. I, I just I don't know if there are enough dots that Michigan State like I, I I think there's way too many variables that are in play for us to say oh that's definitely going to happen. Which you aren't saying, and I am not saying. Yeah, but I'm saying that it's certainly a realm of possibility. Pitt fans should at least think about coming down the line.
0: I think the best way to sum it up is they both know that they're out there. Like yes. Pat knows that Michigan state's out there right now. And Michigan. Hey State. Girl. Knows that Pat, yeah. Like that's, they're in the back of each other's mind. Like yeah. if they're, if they're looking for a summer wedding date, like that's on the short list. So, yes. great way of putting um, it. and and I think that, I think it's safe to say that Michigan or Pat or doozy probably isn't Michigan state's first option right now. If I had to, If I were Michigan State, the guy I'd hire is probably the head coach at Duke because he can build a program too. So that's probably where I'd go there. But nonetheless, uh, if he doesn't want to go there, I think Narduzzi would be compelled to at least consider it. So we'll move forward now. George wants to know, how bad do you two? (laughs) This is such a sad question. How bad do you two truly think things will get this season? Is this team capable of reaching a bowl? I'll start with this one, Carter, because you got to start with the last couple. Yeah, I think they're capable. I, 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 I still think that if if a couple of things had gone differently, this team could be three and one right now, or two and two. I don't think this team looked atrocious against Cincinnati at all. Like I just, I look back to that loss, and I think, you know, that was like the one that got away. You know, like that that was kind of how I interpreted that one where it's like, sure, it, it could even, and like I was cognizant of the fact that it's like Cincinnati might not even be a good team, but I from what I saw from I don't even know, I mean the defense and and just the ability to at least put forth some effort of a comeback there. Um, the big plays made by Mumfield and Bartholomew, I was like, you know what, there's certainly talent here. I still thought that, that was maybe an eight or nine win te- or an eight or seven or eight win team. The West Virginia loss certainly changed my perspective. North Carolina did too. So I guess, is it capable of reaching a bowl? Absolutely it's capable. Will it reach a bowl? I honestly don't know. It's, it's hard to look at their schedule right now and find five more wins. It really is. You would think that this game coming up on Saturday would be one of them. You would think maybe Boston College, maybe Syracuse. But again, Syracuse is undefeated right now, so how in the world are you going to put that one in Sharpie as a win for Pitt, Wake Forest, all these teams? It's Right now, if you were to bet on it, I'd probably say no, just based on how things are trending. You've got guys injured. There's not a lot of a rhythm. There's probably not a lot of confidence. Now, with that all being established, I do think there's talent on this roster, and I do think this is a program that has time and time again been able to pick itself up, dust itself off, and play its best football when times are the darkest. They're pretty dark right now. I kind of still need to see them respond before I start believing. But I will again say they have everything they need to win at least six games this year.
1: Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, Syracuse, Boston College. Those are the four games that I think are very winnable if they play to what their potential has has shown when they're playing at their best this year. And I know that's a very limited sample size right now because they haven't done that on. But the question will be, can they beat Louisville, who's 4-0, and their offense has scored five touchdowns in every outing that, that they've had so far? Could they beat Duke, who has looked really, really strong this season?
0: That's a road game, too.
1: Uh, yeah. And then, of course, you got Notre Dame and Florida State. Those would be really tough ones. So... You would need to win all the games that you're supposed to win. Again, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, Boston College, Syracuse. And technically, they're not even you're supposed to win anymore because of the way they started. Like, But those are the games that I think are the most winnable. You would need to win all four of your most winnable games, and then you'd still need to win one more of the other four. So maybe you could say you win three of those and two of the other. But either way, that is a tough road to climb. But again... I think one thing that Pat Narduzzi has shown is he gets his guys motivated. They come out and they fight and they give good effort. And I, I still think that they there is a road to get there if they can pull off an upset and they can handle their business against some some of these teams. This is still a team that is that has a lot of young emerging players. We're seeing some of them like Sam Oaken Lola, who who came in and made some big plays. Kenny Johnson. Uh, Exactly. Kenny Johnson with that kick return. Maybe he gets more involved in the passing game moving forward. There's a lot of factors in play that offensive line that we saw that kind of I thought they actually played pretty well for a group of guys that just played together for the first time in the fourth straight game that Pitts had a new alignment up front in their offensive line. It's in the realm of possibility, but man. It would be it is a tough bet. It is not a surefire thing. If you had told me going into the season, Pitt making a ball, I said absolutely they're gonna they're gonna handle their business even if they have a rough year. They're getting at least six or seven wins. Didn't see this quarterback situation playing out the way it has. Didn't see the the two early losses in non conference play the way that they lost them. And now that it's tough to say based off of the way that I saw them coming into the season that my vision of where they should be or where they where they would have been is anywhere near what it what it actually is. So again, they they this is a program and this is a coach who has led the team to come out swinging when their back is up against the corner. But man, it is up against the corner and they got a lot of haymakers coming their way very soon.
0: It's hard to pick a team to win five more games that is one and two against opponents. It had no business losing to. Yeah that's just as simple as it is. I mean, yep. I, I think back to where this team was at four and four last year. And there was a part of my mind that said, yeah, this four and in November is definitely doable for, for this team. But at the same time, that team had a running back that I knew was one of the best football players in the country. Yep. It had arguably the best defensive player in the country on its defensive line. It, it had won games that were close. It had looked decent at certain points in the year and there's just hasn't been any of that there's no reason to believe right now other than you know what we saw in 2022 and that team's not around anymore so the 2023 Panthers need to show something and it needs to be more than a couple of drives against North Carolina a nice little fight in the second half against Cincinnati or a blowout against Wofford and that's just all they've shown so far as far as the positive goes. Yep. So our final question here today comes from Dave. Dave wants to know, does a losing season destroy the progress Pitt's football program has built in recent years? It feels like we're trending back to square one. I'll start with this. I, th- I do think it, it, it kills some progress. I mean, Pitt's not in a position like a school like Texas A&M or Miami has the luxury of being in where you can have all this hype. You can, you know, just absolutely whiff on a season and win four or five games, but you know, your brand's big enough and you know, your NIL budget is big enough that you can go into the transfer portal and get top tier talent. And then you can secure some of the best high school football players in the country because they're in your backyard and they want to come play for you. Pitt's not winning in the recruiting Mm -hmm. battles for the best players in their backyard. They're not winning football games, and they're not going to outbid the best teams in the country. So winning and success is a big part of this equation for Pitt. And if it falls back into the middle tiers, what does separate it from Wake Forest or Iowa State or... You know another another team that sure it ha- it had a couple of good Washington State who isn't even a good example right now because it's ranked, um, but just teams that had a good couple of years and then kind of regress back to the mean. What separates Pitt from that stigma if Pitt goes four and eight this year? I don't know. I mean, Oakland or uh, not Oakland originally Alliance Four One Two is doing what it can to make Pitt semi-relevant in the nil space um but if you're not winning i don't see the incentive to come here and that winning standard that has to happen every year Pitt doesn't have the luxury to take a year off when like other not. schools do so i would say yes it, w- it would be a big blow
1: I, I think it would be a big blow to the progress that, that everyone thought that they had made like like when when they won the ACC championship it was like happy days are here again and when you finish with a sun Bowl win that capped off last season which let, let's also be clear about this like there were higher sights than a sun Bowl win last year yeah. Like they like there was the chance that they could have had another year of double digit wins and been in a new year's six bowl game like been been in a premier chance like the peach bowl like they were the year before and they fell short of that but the sun Bowl win i think kind of put a happy bow on the year and said, Hey, you missed it, quarterback. Let's let's reevaluate, get, get back at it next, next year. But now it looks like you've missed it, quarterback twice with the way that the year has started. We'll see how it finishes out. And now you're in a position where you're going to be fighting just to get a bowl game, not just a decent bowl game, but a legitimately just get anything on your radar. And that's a, that's not a position you expected to be in. And like you said, it's not necessarily the season itself that is going to that is the final determiner of if this destroys the the the, the progress that they've made. What will be determining is can they still keep the recruits that are committing to them and saying they're interested in the program and keep getting the visits that they've been getting? Because on top of even, even just the visits they've been getting have been better over the past couple of seasons. And that's been a right. sign that hey, they could take steps forward. Like you said, they don't have room. To play around and, and and mess up a year or two, and then and then reset, reset because then those those a lot of those kids that are looking there, they're like, you know what, you know this, there's a lot of really good things here, and they seem like they have a nice familiar environment. But you know what, I want to go win, and if you know if Penn State's winning over there, and I want to get you're, you're absolutely right, Noah put up right. the the money sign right there, and if someone's paying better and they're winning, I'm a, I'm gonna go there and get and get that opportunity so I can build my brand and you know set myself up for the future. A lot of that is on the line right now. And it's, it goes back to the first point that you said in the first topic winning games is so important. You cannot tank in college football because, you know, not everyone's going to have a, a Deion Sanders just coming to save you the next year and rebuild your program to make it relevant again. You have to win, which is why. I think Pitt has to do everything they can to come out swing and go down. fight. I mean, you even see some of the recruits sincere Edwards, a four star kid. They got they got committed. He tweeted, you know, he's like, hey, Pitt fans keep believing like they they, they, they can they can turn this around. I, I think that kind of stuff is cool to see. You know, you still got Jossier Whittington and guys like that involved, um, but you don't want to lose guys like that. And you want to keep attracting guys like that for your future classes, right? You have a if this if, if you stave off the, the, the terrible year, you might buy yourself some time. But if this year really goes to the tank, we we won't we won't know what that looks like because that hasn't happened under Pat Narduzzi, and that could be really scary. And it could ignite the question that was brought up earlier about Pat Narduzzi looking elsewhere, maybe at Michigan
0: State. That's that's the thing where if if it's four and eight and nothing else changes, then you might be okay because you could just say, oh, you know, they had a bad year. Um, but if your if your whole recruiting pitch is really stability, right, where Pat Narduzzi, one of I think he's like the fifteenth longest tenured coach in America right now. Mm. They're at the Power Five level, yeah. Um, So that that means something, knowing that you're going to go somewhere and you're going to have the same head coach for four years. So if that starts to change, and if you fire Frank Signetti, and you're on six offensive coordinators in ten years, and if you fall back into that, if you fall maybe a step down toward that apathetic state that pit football was in for a long time, and people stopped showing up on the North Shore on Saturdays. Things can spiral out of control quickly. When your whole pitch is stability and you don't look stable, it can can unravel fast. So I think that it is important. Six and six, go to a crappy bowl that you know they're going to take super serious and probably win if they get there six six and six with a bowl win to go seven and six is a lot better than four and eight. So yeah, it, it does matter. And, and honestly, also if they can go to six and six, that's going to have to include at least one notable upset by the time, assuming Louisville doesn't screw anything up, it'll probably be ranked by the time Pitt plays it. Uh, so Pitt's probably going to have at least four games against ranked opponents. Mm. and it's final eight, if pick and win one of those games, get to a bowl and win the bowl, you at least have something to show for this right. year. You can't go into the offseason empty-handed. You just can't because it's just going to start to feel like last year was just the, the surrounding cast from Kenny Pickett's magic season, sticking around and helping you win, willing you to a nine-win season. But as those guys continue to fade away, maybe it was just one magic group, which I don't think is the case, but perception means everything in today's world of college football. You don't want to be, you don't want to be broke and you don't want to lose and you can't have both. So (laughs) that's just the reality of it. You got to go somewhere where you're either going to get paid NIL money or win or both. And if you can't offer either, you're not going to get good players. So That's my closing point. Carter, anything to add before we wrap it up?
1: Uh, just that it's going to be interesting to see Pitt basketball at first availability is Wednesday. So we'll yes. finally get to talk about Jeff Capel, talk to Jeff Capel, uh, Federico and Blake Hinson. Lots to discuss about where that team is heading into the season. Uh, lot, and so a uh, little bit of excitement there as well. Pitt hoop starting up. And this is the, this is the juicy time of the year for me. No, you got Steelers, you got pit football, you got Pitt basketball, all three of the teams that I I keep, keep the closest eye on to the city. And it's going to be live. So, a lot of great coverage coming here for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette.
0: This is going to be a busy time for me. as Woo! I Just knowing the basketball season's coming up, it's just going to be like, oh, okay, I'm never going to be home for the next two months. <laughs> just booked my travel uh, and got my credential approved for the ACC tip-off in Charlotte, which is their media day. That will be October 24th and 25th, I believe. So, yeah, first media availability Wednesday, tip-off, final week of October first scrimmage on November 1st. It, it is exciting that basketball is going to be in the mix. Um, more exciting things to cover for us here at Pitt. And there's still exciting things to cover for Pitt football too. Keep checking in on all of that coverage uh, and keep tuning in to the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and podcast network for all of your Pittsburgh sports coverage by the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Take care.
1: Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you enjoyed the video, please like it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Apple Podcast channel for more podcast content. Click below for a special deal of 99 cents for a three-month subscription to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette.